Hi, I'm Monica. And I'm the other Monica. And we're two Monicas and a microphone. Join us each week to talk about nothing serious. We'll talk about life, differences of opinion, our favorite obsessions, and any topic we find interesting. I've got my tiara on. You better find yours. <laughs> I've got mine in the closet all dusted off. But in the closet? My daughter's five. So we've got like five floating <laughs> around the house. <laughs> Monica, today's topic, I don't know, it, it goes in waves for me. It's along the lines of, have you ever been obsessed with a super couple? Like, were you ever obsessed with Benifer or Brangelina, J-Rod, Brit Lake? Was there even a Brit Lake? I so don't I'm know. totally dating myself. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I, re I really, none of those super power couples I was ever into, just I'm sure as people will find out over time, I'm not really big into celebrities at all. Uh, however, I love movies. I love entertainment, but just them as people never something I've been into, but I do have a confession. Um, I did have a celebrity couple B list that I really loved. And that was Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Oh, they were cute. They were, and they had the little show, the newlyweds and it was Chicken right after. Sea. Yes. Oh, and yes, she's, yeah, exactly. I actually found that endearing and they I were newlyweds when I was newlyweds. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Special place in my heart. Um, and that's saying a lot because I don't let very many celebrities in there, them and Michael oh. Jordan. That's <laughs> sweet. I don't think I was ever obsessed with one. You know, I love Brad Pitt and I thought Jennifer Aniston was all right. So I was always like, oh. He could Same be so much up. better. Same. <laughs> I was like, I'm right here. Where are you? Right. But I was, I would never say that I've been obsessed with a celebrity couple or infatuated with one. Today's topic has to do with celebrity, but it's more British celebrity, the Royals and America's obsession with the Royals, because there definitely is one. I think it comes in waves, usually surrounding some sort of scandal. And then people remember who they are and they get infatuated with them and want to know everything they can. And then things die down and life goes back to normal. We remember we're American and we don't care about them because they took all our money <laughs> and that's why we wanted to get away. So we'll, we'll leave the history discussion for another time. But I really Absolutely. want to talk about some of my favorite queens and the modern royal family. Do you not have any favorite kings? Honestly, I feel like that is something as I was looking up the No, roles. I think they're we, wretched. Yes, we seem to be more fixated and willing to lift up the queens, but not so much the kings. They're awful. <laughs> so if I had a couple of favorite kings, it would probably be King Richard because my brother's name is Richard and he was King Richard the Lionhearted and then King James because he translated the Bible into English. I would say those would be my two, but for the most part, you just hear about all the lunatic kings who were obsessed yes. with power. The females, other than maybe crazy Queen Mary. Were... Yeah, they reigned in their sociopath tendencies they did. a little they bit did. more. But that's a good question because I really don't have any favorite British kings. No, most people and don't. They're not they... as fun. No, they're definitely not. And in modern history, I don't think that, well, I mean, Queen Elizabeth II, she's been reigning for 67 years, but we'll get into that. Also, let's be honest. In modern time, people aren't in, the only reason I think that people are into some of the royals is at their peaks that some of the guys were hot. And I don't think that, you know, 75 years ago, you looked at pictures of kings and said they were hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think sure. that culture's turned around a little bit that way too. I would agree. So the history of my favorite queens goes like this. 
I love Queen Elizabeth I. She's known as the Virgin Queen. She was one of my obsessions once upon a time. I read a biography on her, it's still on my shelf. What I loved about her was her strength, the mystery surrounding her name as the Virgin Queen, which was born of her loyalty to God and to her country. There were so many rumors of her having an affair with an advisor, but she didn't cave into any of those and she stuck to not marrying despite the numerous times she was almost forced into it in order to create alliances. And she just, she died the Virgin Queen. My favorite movie, it stars Kate Blanchett and I love her also. When that <laughs> came out, I was just like, oh, I have to see this. Just the costumes and the jewels and her hair, it's just to die for. The next one is Queen Victoria. So this is a love story to end all love stories. I think of her as the love story queen. She reigned for 63 years and seven months and she held the record for the longest reign until Queen Elizabeth II. And beyond her long reign, if you don't know the love story, it's she married her husband, Prince Albert, when she was very young and had already taken the throne. You should really look up her love story because they were so in love that she wore black every day after her husband's death for the remainder of her reign. I thought it was just so moving to show such a powerful woman, a powerful couple really, could be so in love, they let that transcend all of the other obligations of the throne. I do love that story. There are a couple of movies out about it. On YouTube, there was some 47 part miniseries, probably because it's illegally copied and it's five minute increments. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's currently a BBC show about yeah. Queen Victoria as well. And the Victorian era is one of my favorites. I live in a Victorian neighborhood. It's kind of cool. It's my favorite era. We've touched on history. Now we're getting into a little more of modern times with Prince Edward and Wallace Simpson. And you could call this a royal scandal. Prince Edward was King Edward and he fell in love with Wallace Simpson. I have her biography too. It's called That Woman by Anne Seba. And it's fascinating for me because he fell in love with her. She was a divorcee with a living husband. So according to Catholic law, he could only marry her if her husband was dead. And so it was both a religious scandal and a political scandal. And in the end, he abdicated the throne and lived in the South of Europe with her instead. They I think that actually sounds really wonderful. I think oh, so too. I just retired with the love of my life to the, what'd you say, south of France? Mm -hmm. What a horrible, horrible punishment. Horrible, horrible. And I'm sure you'll I, go into how Okay, hold on, Monica, hold on, Monica, yeah, yeah. hold on, Monica. Speaking of Prince Edward and Wallace Simpson, as I was reading on a few uh, blogs and different articles, I came across the fact that there could be a problem with Prince Charles becoming the king because of Camilla, even though they're, I believe, married now. But her husband, her ex-husband, is still alive. But most people are projecting that if he did become king, that it would not be a problem and it would be forgiven. Some people she think might take it a different might title. be an issue. Yes. So they, he might not, well, he might not be able to be the king, just like Prince Edward was not right. able to be the king because he was marrying a divorcee. Very interesting, all this little tiptoeing that you have to do to be a royal, but I'll get into a little bit more of that later. Okay. I would think that with the progressivism of the Catholic Church, that it would be less of an issue now than it was during Prince Edward's time. That's just my thought. Absolutely less yeah. of an issue. They just, they're just projecting it'll be a hiccup. It'll be another thing for us to follow and wonder about over That's here right. across the pond. <laughs> now we've covered 
all of the history that I can bear to cover of the British royal family and we've moved firmly into modern royal family. Uh, we start with Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch, her husband, Prince Consort Philip. He is currently aged 99 and they're celebrating their 70th wedding anniversary or rather they celebrated it in 2020. I'm like, Paul, we have to live till we're That is remarkable. to get there he's like yes you're not good at math are you fine whatever no I'm not good Zach at math. and I will have to live into our 90s for sure yeah because we got married when we were babies well so did she I mean if he's 90 exactly he said, so yeah. you know he was 29 she's 25 I think we were but around the same age actually I was 35 yeah, we were younger to be 105 I was 21 21 little baby little teeny I basically baby. grew up with my husband oh. <laughs> you you are the queen victoria of our story. Yes. <laughs> no real scandals here. I mean, it's fine. She's married. She had Prince Charles, whom we know. And this leads us into our second royal scandal that I love talking about. So in the 80s, they had a storybook wedding. I mean, her dress was humongous with the poofy sleeves and the giant veil and the big skirt. And everybody loved them and everybody loved, they didn't love them. They loved Princess Diana. So they had two children, Correct. but rumors of unhappiness and infidelity plagued their marriage. They separated in 1992 and it was contentious the entire time until she died in 1997. So they weren't actually divorced when she died. Mm -hmm. Here I, I plan to play that. a clip of the accident. It was here just after midnight that a Saturday night out in the City of Lights turned to tragedy. The precise details are still sketchy, but the Mercedes 600 carrying the princess her Egyptian companion, Dodi El Fayed, a driver and a bodyguard, emerged from the tunnel, a complete crumpled wreck. Circumstantial evidence, at least, that the driver lost control while driving at very high speed. According to some reports, at over 100 miles an hour, as he sought to escape from several paparazzi, photographers who specialize in following celebrities and who, on this occasion, were chasing the couple on motorbikes. The bikes were impounded and seven photographers were taken into custody for questioning by the Paris police. They're still being held at the main headquarters. The French capital's emergency services immediately announced Mr. Elfayan and the driver had died, but it took them two hours to cut the princess out of the twisted wreckage. Despite massive internal bleeding, they initially managed to revive the princess and had brought her to the nearby Salpetriere hospital where she was undergoing surgery and when she suffered a heart attack and died. And it was at the hospital that four hours after the crash, her death was announced by Bruno Rioux, the doctor who had tried to save her life. They left behind Prince Harry and Prince William, Prince William being the oldest. The rumors of Prince Charles's infidelity, I mean, they were true. They were true. And that leads us into another scandal. So Prince Charles, who is now 72, he eventually wed his mistress Camilla in 2005, and he is technically next in line for the throne. No real scandal there. I remember Camilla and Charles, and I can't help but being completely superficial because that's about my interest in the royals, um, and thinking, you cheated on Princess Di, who seemed beautiful and kind and sweet with this troll who didn't seem to bring any thing to the table but of course that would be all i saw her get brought to the table would only be what the media or tabloids were bringing me sure, right sure <laughs> and i was also 17. <laughs> yeah i mean the world really was in love with princess diana she was beautiful yes she came across as endearing sweet 
compassionate, yes. generous. I mean, all the positive attributes you could ever expect of someone in that position and none of the negatives. Two kids yes. staying, being a royal and still making time for her children. The world was really in love with her. And I think it came as a slap in the face when the rumors ended up being true because everyone thought mm -hmm. like you, she's a wonderful person. And then you're with Camilla. But on the flip side, you could think of it as their marriage may have been arranged. I do think that and has his a heart lot may have with been it. with Camilla even before he was married. I don't know this. I'm just I can see that. Projecting. I can see that. And so, yeah, you know, his we're heart just was guessing. With Camilla. It's just theory, conspiracy, different topic. <laughs> But the car accident really took everybody by storm. And Elton John, who wrote a very famous song, Candle in the Wind, dedicated to her, played it at her funeral. It was, it was a huge tragedy, not only for the royal family, but also for the world. That brings us to William and Harry. They grow up and the world is obsessed with them too, especially when they got older. What are they doing? Who are they dating? Yes. They're in the military. They're getting awards. They're highly decorated. They were also good looking. Yes. They were, they were eye candy for people, which I do think made them a little bit more appealing than say even their father. And I do think that that goes to some of the obsession that Americans have with the Royals is when the coming of age happens for the Royals and who are they going to marry and the pomp and circumstance that mm -hmm. surrounds all of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's a lot steeped in tradition, huge amounts of jewels which is my favorite part. <laughs> I was in Paris and the Louvre was having the exhibit of English oh, family Oh, excuse jewels. us, everyone. She wasn't in London. <laughs> she was in Paris. I was in Paris, I'm sorry. Okay, continue. Uh, they were having an <laughs> I love it, exhibit. I love your world travels. <laughs> it's awesome. So the, the English family jewels were on display at the Louvre and the exhibit opened two days after I left. And I was so bummed because <gasps> there I was running through the Louvre, trying to see what I could see. I was like, can't I just stay two more days? But no, I could not. Oh, that is heartbreaking. It was. I was going to try to plot a... A heist? Yes. Um, Ocean's Eleven? On Ocean's Eleven line, but uh, Pierce Brosnan, he's my favorite one. So now we're at William and Kate, mm -hmm. which brings us to, I think, our modern lifetime because we're within 10 years of them. Yes. I would say. And I don't think Diana could have wanted a more beautiful, young, and strong woman who appears cool under pressure for William. There's no better way to evaluate her strength than by looking at what she did after William broke up with her. The closest thing that comes to mind is in Sex and the City when Berger breaks up with Carrie using a post-it note. I mean, that scene is still famous and people still talk about it. Wow. I personally felt like all breakups were awful no matter right? if they were face-to-face -face or, or not. I think that I had a breakup which just was basically the boy not accepting my phone calls anymore. And oh, I, he ghosted yeah, you. He ghosted me back <laughs> in the day when it was just via telephone. We wrote each other letters. I mm -hmm. love letters and telephone calls. And he, he was in college. I get it freshman year. Um, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Little 17 year old Monica didn't get it. And he ghosted me and it broke my heart, shattered it into a million pieces. Oh. That would break my heart too. I remember crying for days when my first boyfriend broke up with me. So there's nothing like being broken up with in a terrible way to really cement how you feel about a person if you get back together. Kate Middleton, the prince broke up with her at work while she was at work. 
I can't think of anything worse. She was working. She was an accessories buyer for a department store. He called her at work. She had to excuse herself from a meeting. She closed herself in a private room and she talked to him for an hour at work. That is a little rude and disrespectful to her as a human person. Why couldn't he wait until she got home? Probably because he was scared. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I mean, I can't imagine how she felt going through that. He broke up with her while she was at work rather than doing it in private, even if it was over the phone while she was home. I agree. So then I wondered how she dealt with it. And she was like, I'm going to Ireland. So she left, she went to Ireland. She had a lot of fun. She made sure she was photographed with other people, men and women having a great time, looking fabulous. Meanwhile, he was out on the town. He went clubbing, partying, you know, just having the time of his life because apparently he broke up with her because the fun was gone. Like, oh Oh, goodness, how old were they? They were young. They were 23, (laughs) 25. Okay, that sounds about right. And maybe it was good for them if they needed that to settle down into a mature relationship later. Yes, and that's exactly the conclusion that Kate came to realize when they decided to get back together. They got back together, and now I'd like to play you the official story of how it affected Kate from their engagement interview. People are bound to ask, you leave university, you've been going out a bit, and you split up, famously, all over the papers. What was all that about? I mean, people are bound to want to know. Well, I think, (laughs) to be honest, (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't believe everything you read in the paper, but, uh, you know, in that particular instance, um, we did we did split up for a bit, but that was just you know we were both very young. It was at university, and we were we were sort of both defining ourselves as such and being you know different characters and stuff. It was very much trying to find our own way, and uh, and we were growing up, and so it was just sort of you know a bit of space and a bit of things like that, and it soon worked out for the better. And I think I, I at the time wasn't very happy about it, but actually it made me a stronger person. You find out things about yourself that maybe you hadn't realised or I think you can get quite consumed by a relationship when you're younger and you know I, I really I really valued that time for me as well although I didn't think it at the time looking back on it I, you know, a I think to yourself, yeah so. definitely yeah and she's beautiful she probably could have yes. been any anybody yes uh, whether or not they were royal so. I agree obviously everyone now knows they have three kids and William could be next in line for the throne if Charles abdicates because of his age. And it doesn't look like Queen Elizabeth II is going anywhere anytime soon. Nope, not unless she passes away, God forbid. You know that when she was 21, she made a statement that she would remain queen until she died, whether she lived a long or short life. So she is definitely keeping that promise to her 21-year-old self. Kind of like RBG. Hmm. Yes. So I don't know if Charles would abdicate or not. I keep reading. I like to go and read the blogs, see what's going on mm-hmm. about this particular topic because we were studying it and goes back and forth 50-50 on what people think he'll do. I could see that. Why wouldn't you want to be king His for a year? His mom didn't. I'd want to be king for one year. Be like, let's see how it is. I'd want to at least be king for a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the power. Long. Oh. I mean, right, you, gotta, yeah, you have I to give, a, give him credit for not trying to kill his mother. 
because it's happened in the past. <laughs> which is which is a very very no. I'm sorry, that's so Royals morbid. really like to do that. They do. It is morbid, but just go look up the history, people. It's a thing. It's <laughs> it a <is>. thing. <laughs> so then, it's part of their family history. That brings us to the younger brother, Prince Harry. Harry was the wild child, out at the clubs, dancing, drinking, partying. Granted, he was also a war veteran. He served in Afghanistan. And everyone was really worried because they're like, how much security is he gonna need? So it was it was a big deal that he wanted to go and he wanted to serve. But finally, Harry decides he's gonna settle down with this actress. I'm gonna call her a C-list actress. Friends, you can make of this next bit what you want of my opinion of Miss Markle. I love how I give Jessica Simpson a B. I give Jessica Simpson a B. You I'm calling like Megan a C. C. She's a C-list actress. <laughs> she meets and marries Harry after dating him for a year or a little more. And within two years of being married, she convinces him to give up his title, move to the U.S., and become a regular person living in a $17 million home near Santa Barbara. I mean, come on, people. My husband and I- Did that I, take a lot of convincing? How much convincing did that take? Obviously he wanted to, I don't know. I just, I think she's a, not a great actress and being a royal was too hard for her. Ugh, this is some work, I can't do it. Absolutely she American does. Millennial um, written all over her, let me scratch that. American Millennial, I thought when I was reading about their breakup from the royal family, I, I wanted to understand what happened. What did that really mean? What were they saying they didn't mm -hmm. want? And then I find out Prince Harry still gets 95% of his income. Uh, so they only gave up 5% of their income to do this and they have zero obligations. So basically they don't have to go to all the different events and show up and be the bright face of the family and help out grandma, AKA the queen in some of the royal family duties. I believe that the royal I mean, maybe she's the brains of the family of and she's three. like, Harry, this is a raw deal. You have all of these obligations. <laughs> And you get paid well, 5% more I'm for saying. them. Yeah, I think she might be the brains then. And you don't even get, yeah, exactly. And you don't even actually get paid to your bank account. That 5% just covered the expenses of you doing those things. Hmm. So she could either be the brains or very, very bratty. I, I'm on the fence about which one it is. Hmm. I don't know. My husband and I were big but, fans of Suits. And so we watched every episode and uh -huh. in every other episode, we're like, oh, she's so blah. Why is Mike even engaged with her? Yeah, no, just even that, like, why is Mike engaged with her? Can't he find something better? He's so amazing. And then he's engaged to her. <laughs> I now, didn't really even know who she was till she was in the tabloids. Moving Don't on, on Monica. So that's my rant about the modern Royals and America's obsession with them. I don't know if I explained why America is obsessed with them, but maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. I think the reason America is obsessed with them, a few things. One, it's a world event whenever they get married and I feel like the obsession really amps up at mm -hmm. that time. Also, Harry and Megan, Megan's an American. So we are very interested in that. I mm -hmm. think really amped up. Yes, and then just the fact that they're a monarchy and that is to me personally weird and strange. And I don't understand having a monarchy or lifting these people up. But as I was reading, some of the Brits feel the same way too. They are not as intrigued and maybe even a little bit annoyed 
And I can see that. Um, I just never would have guessed that because I'm just getting all of my uh, knowledge from Instagram and the magazines as a way to check out the grocery store. <laughs> so, how much so more informed would we be if we only read the Inquirer? I think I'd be so much smarter. <laughs> Oh man, but that that's what I'm saying. With my celebrity news, that's where I get it. Not my real news. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I do get my real news from the Inquirer. <laughs> the, the, the verdict's still out on that one. I have always wondered, being a political science major, I've always thought about the fact that the parliament, we're always told the parliament runs Great Britain. And what I found out is that the queen or king, whoever is having that title at the time, has a lot of power that I didn't realize. So I'm just gonna go ahead and attribute all of this to the current queen. So I'm just gonna say the queen has these powers, but just know at any given time, it could be Prince Charles, it could even be Prince William at any time in our lifetime could have these particular powers. One that I found particularly interesting and didn't realize is that the queen has to sign off on a proposed bill before it actually becomes a law. Okay. That's quite a significant amount of power from something we are told is just a figurehead. Now, the last time that happened was in 1708 by Queen Anne, who I don't believe you mentioned. She, Not one of my favorites. Yeah, she didn't want to restore the Scottish militia. So she said no. But the last time that happened was 1708, which is pretty incredible, I think. Probably had to do with the Jacobite uprising and the fact that they didn't want the Scots to be their own country and lose all the money they were getting. Just right. Again. Just just spitballing on that one. <laughs> Um, she can appoint ministers to the crown, including advisors and cabinet officials. Uh, the prime minister also has that power. Uh, she can pardon criminals and reduce sentences. She can issue or withdraw passports. Oh. Now, yes, she can. So you better be nice and not. So if she had really, really been upset with Harry over Meghan, she could have just yes. rescinded his passport. Ooh. Yes. I think that's fascinating. I do too. Oh, there's some more fascinating things I got into. She can declare war, much like our president can declare war. However, parliament and the prime minister and the rest of government will have to permit it. But she's the only one who can actually declare it. Okay. Now, I just think of this 90 some odd year old woman maybe becoming mentally unfit and she's the only person who can declare war. I would hope they'd have some measures to get around that if they need some help. Actually, the last monarch to declare war was her father and that was on Nazi Germany. This one, I kind of like, although I think it's an insane amount of power and probably shouldn't be given to one person, but I like the idea behind it. If she so chooses, she can fire everyone in the House of Commons and hold an entirely new election. That Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic? That would be. <laughs> that is a great power to have. Um, yep. I don't know the last time that it was used or if it's ever been used. Okay. But that is... For someone who's supposedly pitched to us as a figurehead, I, I feel like she's got a lot more power than There's we a thought. lot more power. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, 
I talked about some powers that she has. Now here's some permissions that she has. Maybe that's the way I'll describe the rest of this. She doesn't have to have a driver's license. However, she can drive. Now she okay. was trained as a driver and a mechanic during World War II. That's oh, that's cool. Incredible. She's actually got a pretty cool past. She really begged her dad to let her help. I think when she was 16, she really wanted to be involved um, and not just sit back. And so that is also one of the things she wanted to do was be involved in World War II. She enjoys sovereign immunity. So basically she can't be arrested for anything. She can come into your house and murder you and it's fine. Almost that, like any other foreign dignitary. Right, a foreign dignitary. We do not right, allow right. our officials to just murder us. At least if they do, we make mm. them cover it up. <laughs> we don't just outright allow it. There's good true crime <laughs> about that somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm referencing something like that, I'm sure. Yeah. This one, this permission that she has, Monica, I was like, are you kidding me, right? I, this one, I was like, this can't be real. She is the legal guardian of all of her descendants and minor grandchildren. If she wanted to, she could just snatch up those three kids from Will and Kate. No. Absolutely. You could be like, I don't like the way you're raising my grandchild. 100%. Holy cow. Now, think about that when your princess die, Meghan yeah. Markle mm -hmm. or no, that's, that's Kate. that's a scary proposition. So if... Markle didn't want to be a part of this. Giving up being in the royal family would also mean you didn't have this kind. Mm -hmm. And I could say as an American, you're an American, I'm an American. Yeah, it's, it's foundation that of, is, of who we are. That would be scary. That is a very, um, we're, we do not like people controlling us. <laughs> I could see why I would have a hard time with it. Yeah. I would have a hard time marrying in the first place. I would just have to trust that this person I don't know very well isn't going to suddenly go sociopath on me with my children. Mm -hmm. It would just be strange. So mm -hmm. I wonder if that didn't play into it. It may have. I, I think as Americans, we have a strong somewhat. sense of independence and self-independence. Yes, absolutely. So someone else pulling yes. the strings on any part of our life life is an affront to who we are innately. Yes, even if sometimes that comes to be our downfall, yes. but most of the time it is actually a good thing for us. But you're right about that being one of one of the things about being American that we really stand by. In contrast, when we look over at the royal family, they don't have to pay taxes. However, most of them do donate a portion of their monies back. Their, their taxed earned income. Yes. Now, <laughs> I will say this about um, William and Kate. Prince William is the first royal to ever have a civilian job. Um, and Kate had a job for a little bit. I think she was a purchaser for a department store, an assistant purchaser. He had to give that up because the royal duties really are overwhelming. They go to over 2,000 different events or split up amongst all the royal family. So there is a lot to do. And from someone like myself who just went away each weekend for the past three weekends, it is hard to travel. It is hard to show up to things and be on point because they have to walk down the stairs properly. They have to wear certain clothes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a Everything performance Everything about it is staged time. and choreographed. Absolutely. So that is a lot of pressure. I understand why they can't 
maintain jobs. Now, Kate did for as long as she could. And I believe that William still does, but it's more part-time. I believe he runs. Now, other people might know exactly what this is, but looks like he runs a helicopter yes. for an ambulance service. Yes, he does. Which I thought was pretty kind of heroic. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, how cute is that <laughs> that the prince does that? Yes. It was just the cutest thing. You could write a fairy tale around those two. I'm sorry. I think you so too. Could. And Kate dresses her kids so cute. Can't even handle it. We have one last thing that I would have a really, really hard time with. The monarchy is exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. You cannot access detailed information on how they spend public funds mm. or what attempts they have gone to to influence government policies. Interesting. So basically, they can just do what they want. Mm -hmm. That is quite a lot of powers and permissions for someone who I feel like has been presented to me across the pond mm -hmm. as just a pretty little figurehead. <laughs> I would agree. I think that's probably the most egregious one because here you are paying tax dollars to a monarchy that you're told is the figurehead, and yet you have no idea how they're manipulating your elected government. Absolutely. I was shocked. Wow. That's a, that's a good note to transition to fashion. Let's talk about their fashion because oh, <laughs> for so sure. Good. I will have to say that I love that fashion is something I love and I do love watching the Royals and their fashion in love with Kate's fashion. Okay. But you get Megan, I get Kate. That's fine. I'm still in love with her. <laughs> so Monica, you sent me a text earlier today talking about an article that says Americans are obsessed with the Royals because we used to be British subjects and we still feel that connection. I'm just going to say, eh, so wrong. I would say that we're obsessed with the Royals <laughs> because, because in some way being a princess sounds so freaking awesome. I mean, we watch movies with Disney princesses. We watch it movies does. with and other a princesses. Lot of people. They wear great clothes. Yes. They have great jewelry. Yes. And being a princess sounds awesome. Being queen, eh, it sounds like a lot of responsibility. Being a princess, the wedding and the parties and the functions and the fashion, I think that's why at least I'm obsessed with them. Monica, why do you like Kate's wardrobe? We can just leave Megan out of it. Everyone knows how I feel about her. Kate has a very classic polished style. I love the lines that she wears. I absolutely love anything that has lines in it. And I feel like Kate's um, wardrobes have a lot of lines, much like on it, honestly, Melania Trump did. Um, only I would say that Kate's look is way more feminine. Um, yes. And you could definitely, from someone the way that Melania Trump dressed, was someone who is definitely coming from my uh, heritage, which is um, the Slavics, with uh, just a little bit more militant in her style. Okay. But Kate had this very soft yet refined style. I just love her style. Me too. So here's what, here's what I jotted down as my, as my notes. I said, she has classic lines. There are a lot of A-line flowing and sheath dresses, bold colors and small prints. She can't be too fashion forward, but if you look at pictures of her casual style, she was really about comfort and ease with jeans, large belt buckles, understated shoes, kind of how I think of myself as a jeans and a t-shirt girl most of the time. But then I love my sheath dresses, my fitted dresses, 
with clean lines and a great set of heels. I think of her as the ultimate Stila girl. When I worked for Stila Cosmetic, there was an image that they had of themselves and she's just gorgeous. She's got a beautiful smile. Her makeup is never over the top. She's just perfect, I think. She is. I think she really has taken that tiara and worn it well. Um, she is the expectation, the persona that I think the queen wants out of her royals. Do you remember the photo right after she gave birth to their first baby? And I was like, who looks that cute and fresh in their face? I mean, whatever about her body, that's neither here nor there for me, but her face was so fresh and cute. Yeah, no, she, she's <laughs> I was flat out adorable. I have a friend like that. Her name's Anna. And after she's given birth to each child, she takes a picture of herself and she looks freaking gorgeous. I'm like, so not fair. So not, yeah, so, so not, not fair. fair. Um, no, Anna's beautiful. It's just, I think Kate got a lot of uh, negative attention for that. People thought it was too soon and they're like, why do you make it do that? But you know, I think even then she was willing to pull up her bootstraps and say, this is part of my job. And she yes. did it with grace and she looked genuinely happy. Why wouldn't you be? You've got your first little baby it's in your arms. It's an adorable picture. I've got it pulled up right now and it's adorable and she's happy. And to me, it just looks like a happy mom, a happy does, mom yeah. who was forced onto the doorsteps, but still a happy mom. And she knows what she signed up for. She's, she's not a dumb woman as we know. And then Megan, her, I do like Megan's style. Her style's a little more carefree. You just don't like Megan. But her style is a little bit more carefree, but it still is very structured. I'm always gonna go for structured. If you I love structure. are, if you are wearing coats and if you are having piping, and if you are wearing dresses that show off your shape, no matter what that shape is, I'm going to love what you're wearing. But if I had to pick who has the better style, Kate, hands down. Hands down. Better style. What you were saying about her femininity in what she wears, I see it in just about everything. Even when she's wearing something serious, it still comes across as very, very feminine. Mm -hmm. I do like Megan's style. The thing that always comes to my mind because I did watch her in suits for so long is she dressed very much the way I dressed when I was working. Pencil skirts, blouses, great heels. Sometimes sheath dresses. That is my go-to as well. Yeah. And so I that's love that about her, but at the same time, I see what she's wearing. I'm like, I mean, that's what you wore on TV, girl. <laughs> Can you do something different? <laughs> yeah, you have access to all this fashion and all this money. I see yeah. what you're saying. Well, and I think it's funny how people praise her for her reasonable choices. And one of the reasonable choices was Rothy's. I don't have a pair. I looked up the price. They're still $200. Either. They're not. I would like to I'm say like, that's why I don't have a pair. Although I do have friends who swear by I do them. Too. I do too. But I'm just not a flats girl. If I'm ever going to spend $200, it's going to be on a pair of boots or heels. And to this day, I've never spent $200 on a pair of shoes. I know that you okay, cannot say that the is same. So, You've no. never even told me that. And I know you can't say that. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like on the low end. It's the sale price. Well, you spent... You spent your I mean, 20s are, being an independent woman. Those are days I gone spent by. my 20s being married. Very and, true. And, you know, having some kids. So I just had a little bit different of a lifestyle. That's right. We can change. I'm so, happy to help you um, change that anytime. 
I want to. Yes. Get me into my first $200 pair of Absolutely. shoes. Let's do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Mon, this has been fun. So we've covered a little bit of history from the Royals, a little bit of modern everyday Royal scandal and some of the powers of the Royal family. I want to know if you have an, I can't even about the modern Royal family. The modern Royal family? Or the Royal family. Let's just go okay. with the Royal family. I'm just going to put it out there. I can't even that it's still a thing. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. They do like their tradition. I love the tradition. I just, here, if I were in Great Britain and I had the opportunity to shake things up, what I think would be really awesome is if you could choose a family in every four years or five years, what whenever you know, make it match one of the uh, parliament elections. One family gets to be the royal family. I just think that would be fascinating and wonderful in a way to take tradition to the common man. And then of course, strip all the crazy extra powers mm. right out of that royalty. I mean, obviously you'd have to figure out how that was gonna happen, I'll but- to work on it. But that Look would be day. my dream for a country I don't even live in. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so if I had an I can't even, I can't even that Harry married Megan. There we go. Just going to say it. I can tell that you can't even on that. <laughs> Friends, it's been another great episode with you. We hope you enjoyed the little tidbits of history and little random facts, some of the gossip, some of the laughs. We're not ready for reviews just yet, but we would love your feedback. <laughs> Thanks for your patience. And we cannot wait to share with you again. We've already got some ready to go right now. Woohoo! Woo! For extended show notes, please head over to twomonicaspodcast.com. That's the number two, monicaspodcast.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, or send us an email at twomonicaspodcast at gmail.com. That's the number two, monicaspodcast at gmail.com. Today's music was provided in part by museopen.org, Goldberg Variations, BWV 988 Variation 1, Violin Concerto in E Major, RB269 Spring, Waltz in A Minor, B150, and Violin Concerto in D Major, Opus 61, Number 3, Rondo Allegro. Other music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Prelude in C, BWV 846, Edgemont Overture, and Court of the Queen. You can find extended credits on our website. Today's episode was produced by Monica and edited by Monica.